Yeah, I'll wake up, like chug an eight ounce glass of orange juice, chug an eight ounce glass of water, brush my teeth, go to the gym. Fills me up. It's basically like a breakfast. But then after I work out, I'll have, I don't know, run to the gas station. You like OJ or apple breakfast burrito? Orange all the way. I don't even think apple juice would be in my top five juices. I do have written down sometime. You've been wanting to do top five juices. I have it written down. Sometime I want to do a Mount Rushmore juice or a juice ranking or juice Yours would probably go like orange one, cranberry two, OJ Simpson three. <laughs> the juice is on the loose. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to episode 82. And we're back. And we're back, baby. KZZQ. <laughs> the burn. Let's go live to Tommy in the helicopter doing traffic. <laughs> oh, Ernie Pie in the sky. Did you ever see that? Or Come on. That? Come on. Yeah. You're going to ask that question? That was a dumb question. Ernie Pie in the sky? I yeah. love Ernie Pie in the sky. That was a dumb question. That voice you hear is Burke. Finally. You introduced me as my Christian name. Yeah. Ed and Burke are back for episode 82. We're going to be bringing the fire. Bringing the fire. I don't know about that. Well, we're going to try. We got some updates that we need to do first, though. Burke, you Mm -hmm. experienced Kinnick Stadium for the first time ever. I did. Last Saturday. Uh, What was that? September 3rd, I think. I think you're right. Tell us about it. What do you think? So Coach Dupick's the season ticket holder, and he asked me if I wanted to go, and I said, yeah, dude, I've never been. So he picked me up early Saturday morning. We drove out and back in one day. He's got great seats. He's about maybe 30, 35 rows up on the 45-yard line. Man, that's amazing. It's really good seats. Um, got to see legendary umpire Dan Pomeroy and stopped by his tailgate. For real? Oh, yeah. Dan Pomeroy. Love Dan Pomeroy. <laughs> Um, and he invited us back anytime to stop at his tailgate. Yeah, so I'm jealous. Uh, you know, many of you know that the Hawkeyes were playing Sa- uh, South Dakota State. Yep. The uh, Jack Rabbits. There were no touchdowns scored. It was bad. South Dakota State had one field goal. Iowa had a field goal and two safeties. Let me tell you, Niall Kinnick would have said this game was boring. <laughs> uh, it was terrible. But it was kind of exciting because... I mean, it was a one-score game all the way. I mean, San Diego State, they overthrew a pass where there was nobody within five, six yards of a guy. He got behind the defense. Quarterback just overthrew it. I mean, that would have won him the game. It happened in probably like the second quarter or something like that. But yeah, um, the Hawkeye fans sitting around us were... I was really nervous on that pass. Yeah. I mean, I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that guy's behind the safeties. Mm-hmm. And he just, <clears throat> just missed him. Um the Hawkeye fans were sitting around were very good natured. They were they were handling the depressing Iowa offense with humor. So like 
Iowa would come out for an offensive series and a guy behind us would you would yell like three and out and a nice punt. Let's go Hawks. Like <laughs> and they were, you know, they get some chuckles in yeah. the crowd and they were chanting MVP whenever the punter would come out. So not wrong. Tori's no. amazing. They were I mean, I think that game set the game of football back sixty years, but it was yeah. a really fun experience. The food was good. I love the stadium. Um probably the only only negative I would give the experience was as I was standing in a crowd of people waiting to get into the concourse in a traffic jam, a praying mantis flew up and hit me in the face. Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. <laughs> Just flew right into my schnoz. And then I was like, what the? And I like looked down and there it was. And it was just weird. It was like a small bird hit me. <laughs> but uh, that was, the, I can't really pin that on Kinnick. I was at a friend's house last weekend and uh, a praying mantis was sitting on their grill. What's up? With, I didn't even know those things really were in Iowa. I'm starting to wonder if those are, that's the first one I've ever seen like, in person. Do you think these are coordinated attacks? Oh, well, I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder if they're coming in. On I, us. for one, welcome our praying mantis overlords. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of fun to look at. They seem, I, I guess if they catch you off guard and fly into your eyeball, it isn't great. But for the most part, they seem pretty harmless. Yeah, I don't think they do anything bad to people. Hmm. I just never had one fly straight into my face before. Yeah. So it's a great experience. I would recommend going to Kinnick to anybody. When they play back and black. I mean, so I'm a diehard Iowa Hawkeye fan, so it might be different for me. When they play black and when they play back and black, I get real jazzed. Goosebumps. It's a, it's a pretty good walk up. up song. Does that does like a like a, a football entrance like that do anything for you? So if I'm being truthful to the audience, that's what we want. The truth. I am not a quote unquote football guy. Yeah. Um, I don't eat, sleep, and drink the sport. However, I like sports. I think it's a great atmosphere at Kinnick. Um, I think it's cool to see the crowd, you know, sure. rise up to their feet. That song is, is special. I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. When that tomahawk chop hits and a whole stadium starts doing it, it's that awesome. now that gets me, that gets me the goose pimplies yeah. all over the arms <laughs> and the back of the neck. Um, so even though I'm not like a quote unquote football guy, uh, I totally get it. I totally understand why it was super fun. Um, I don't root for Iowa or Iowa State, so I just enjoyed watching other people love the Hawkeyes, and um, I would go again in a heartbeat. There we go. Yep. Are you now? That's awesome. The big games this weekend. The rivalry, the Cyhawk game. Yeah, Iowa Iowa State. As bad as Iowa looked, and as good as Iowa State looked, I don't think Cyclone fans should be overconfident. Yeah, this the longer this goes on that Campbell hasn't beat Ference, it's like the monkey on the back gets bigger. And when that monkey's big, you do weird things in pressure situations. You do guys get tight because they know they haven't ever beat them. Yep. I would not be shocked if Iowa were to somehow win this game, even with their horrendous offense, because Iowa State just might tense up. Who knows? Yeah. Well, let's hope Iowa just comes out, spanks them. I just want to see. I just want to see all the all the kids playing playing pigskin have a good time. There you go. Just sling the ball around the yard and, and have a ball. Be happy. Show good sportsmanship. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but no, back in black. Good walk up song. Yep. And speaking of mm-hmm. walk up songs, so I'm assuming. Okay, so you're a Braves fan. You Big love time. baseball. Yep. 
Mets are in the same division. I'm assuming you've seen the craze about the Mets closer, Edwin Diaz. It's super stupid. And it's, his it's trumpets a, that blare a, when he comes out. It's a dumb song. It's not cool. <laughs> Everyone on and on Twitter and Instagram are just freaking out about it. And while they were freaking out about it, the Mets were blowing a ten and a half game lead to Atlanta. Like the Mets are gonna Jerry hey. Jerry Seinfeld, a diehard Mets fan. Yep. Did you see his comments on it? I did. He's not happy. No, he's like, what are we doing? We're celebrating as we're collapsing about like a dumb song. Yep. Like this what are we doing, Mets fans? One of the few rational Mets fans, Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Hey, Mets gonna met. Mm-hmm. They're gonna met. So it got me thinking, if we had, if we were a closer or a UFC fighter or just anytime we walked into a room and we just wanted think to about, electrify the place. Think about Matthew McConaughey's character in Days and Confused, Wooderson. Yeah. When he walks into the por- the Emporium and the Hurricane by Bob Dylan, <laughs> yes. like that needle drop, right? Is, <laughs> right, And it's like the slow-mo walk yes. into the Emporium. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So what would your song be? Here we go. I'm so excited for this right now. He's pulling up his phone. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. (laughs) This would be for like coming out to pitch to close a game out, just walking into a saloon. I love it. Slow mo. It plays in so many situations. When the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin. That's awesome. That's amazing. When the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin, it'll be yours. If it keeps on raining, the levee's going to break. And when the levee breaks, you got no place to go. Yeah. I love that. Man, that's a great pick. All right. Here's mine. I love this song so much. It gets me fired up. Uh, here goes nothing. Wait, wait. You heard it. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to guess. Here I I was hoping it was torn by Natalie and Brulia. <laughs> this would be mine. Return of the Mac by Mark Morris. I love this song so much. Great song. This is a summertime jam. Yes. Guys, that would be mine. I don't know. Is it Mark Morris or Mark Morrison? Mark Morrison. Morrison. Okay. I love that song so much. It's a great song. It's a great summer, like Windows Down song. Yes. Um, It's been my jam for years. When I first, like the first two notes for a second, I thought it was Big Pimpin' by Jay Z. Um, and a song that I always associate with that song is Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh, nice. That poison. girl poison. is poison. Yeah. It kind of grooves the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think those are two great choices. I think you'd be intimidated to hear when the levee breaks. Yeah. Mine would be, mine might just like make people happy and chill and want to dance. Yours is like, <clears throat> when I hear when I hear yours, I think of the Eric Gagne stare. All just ro- roided up, staring all roided up with his mustache and goatee, <laughs> and his shooting glasses on. <laughs> no, can you imagine just slow walking into the mound with that song playing? That'd be pretty sick. And the lyrics just fit the situation of like trying to intimidate an athletic. Yeah, opponent. be pretty sick. Yep. Uh, while we're on music, mm-hmm. so today I was hauling hay bales, and I was listening. To, when I'm in the forty twenty, I can't listen to podcasts. The tractor, it's such a loud tractor, so I just have to, I just put music on. Do you need a new muffler? I, I, <laughs> new muffler, new a lot of things. Did you put glass packs on it? Is it's, that why it's so loud? <laughs> on my <laughs> on my fifty three year old tractor. <laughs> so I was listening to music. I was listening to a ninety station on Spotify, and the song "I'll Make Love to You" by Boys to Men came on, and it just. 
I just I wrote this down. I just it it hit me like how weird is it that this a song called I'll Make Love to You just became really popular in the nineties. It just seems like really forward and I think a little too risque. Like if you little kids could have just turned it on. If yeah, if you listen to the song though, it's so kind of like romantic that yeah. it sort of like hides how straightforward it is. Yeah. That could be. There's a lot of songs. I probably should pay more attention. Well, once you get older, there's a lot of songs that you listen to the lyrics and you go, man, I didn't know any of that was being talked about. Because when you're little, it just goes right over your head. Yeah, that's a good call. They play it on the radio and you just, you don't even think twice about what it's actually about. Like that song, like my favorite Garth Brooks song is That Summer. Dude, you listen to it now and you're like, wow, this is about like a cougar and a young guy. Oh, yeah. And wow, I was not... (laughs) I just thought it sounded cool when I was a kid. Still my favorite Garth Brooks song. It's a freaking banger. Yeah. Such a good song. All right. Well, the meat of this episode is going to be Ryan and I listing our top 10 sitcoms of all time. Mm. These are going to be two epic lists. I was I was mentioned maybe going by decade, but we're just going to go big right away. How we're much gonna... crossover do you think there's going to be? Do, you, do we have similar senses of humor? I'm going to say between you and me, I'm going to say only like three crossover. Okay. I, I do I do think we have similar senses of humor, but I think that there's some kind of corny or cheesier ones that I love that you might find stupid and not have I'm on your list. I'm going to give my 10, and then I'm going to throw in the sitcom I hate the most. All right. You wanna, should we just I one person? Go, I feel like I always go first. Yeah, but is one person just going to all out? Mm, I don't know. We could go back and forth. When I gave mine, I ranked them. So did I. Okay. So start- let's go back and forth. All right. So I'm going to start at ten. Okay. My number ten sitcom of all time. Before is- you go number ten, should I say the one I hate? So sure. We- then we can just dive into the ones we like. Oh, I didn't write one I hate. Okay. But go I- for it. I hate everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either. It's it's so dumb. I don't like Deborah. Well, every episode is essentially Ray finds himself. In a situation where, like, Deborah will say something like, Ray, uh, does this dress make me look fat? And anybody with two functioning brain cells they can rub together as a husband would say, no, of course not. And he'll stare blankly and then go, well, I don't, I, what do you want me to say? And then she gets mad. Every episode. And then she gets mad and, like, he's just an idiot who, and he's like. In every situation possible, he says and does the dumbest thing a human being could do. Mm-hmm. And then she's mad at him, and it's just repetitive. And somehow <laughs> they got like eight to ten years of episodes out of this they stupid did. sitcom that's so bad. I don't like it. No. I was never, it was on TBS, I remember, always in the afternoons. I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I All hate right. that one. Let's. All right. Let's get into your number 10. My number 10. I believe, I think that this is the most watched one of all time. I'm not 100% certain. I probably should have done that research. But my number 10 sitcom of all time, Friends. Number 10 is Friends. Yep. That's interesting. I love Friends. Why did it only make it to number 10? Well, I got a lot I got a lot before it that I enjoyed more. Friends is iconic. Uh it definitely wasn't like a pioneer of sitcoms, but without question was the biggest one of its time while it was going on. Oh, one of the biggest sitcoms. Because it, it was of all a little time. bit 
Yeah. It's oh, so good. It's funny. So good. And but only well, I guess I'd say maybe two of the six friends went on to have big careers afterwards, but not a lot of them did. They just freaking rocked it on that show and then didn't need to do much else afterwards. They were very wealthy. My number 10 was Friends. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That is I amazing. I just pulled up my list because I'm like, I'm, I know I had Friends toward the back of the list. Yes. I thought like the early episodes are really good. I mean, Friends to me is like putting on um, just an old comfy sweatshirt. Yep. Like so I good. could watch any episode of Friends and I'm like, it's fine. It's good. It's not bad. Um, I do think like Joey's character became incomprehensibly dumb by the end yeah monica became more and more neurotic and just but that happens in every sitcom like every single sitcom it starts out a little more subtle and then they figure out like what makes a character tick Mm -hmm. and they go what if we just crank that trade up to 11 like you can see that in almost every sitcom but yeah friends was my number 10 yep you're right so uh the couch scene pivot all time (laughs) all time scene (laughs) Um, Every, is I, I bet when people move across the country, at least half the people moving say that line while they're moving and carrying couches in and out of houses and stuff. I think my favorite character was Chandler. I had a college roommate. I think I'm with you. Named Love Brad, Chandler. Who was like very much like Chandler. It's probably why I liked Brad so much as a buddy is because I thought Chandler was funny. And I think Brad's funny. Chandler's sarcastic little quips were always to me the funniest part of that show. Yeah, he's my favorite too. Yeah. I have a soft spot and I, I, I think I give a little more love to shows that are like based in big cities. I don't know what it is. I have like this fantasy of like living in a big city and having that awesome like city experience and all the nightlife and things you can do. I don't know what it is. If a show's like in New York or Chicago or something like that, I just love that. It's it's gotta be a, a cold city though too, because I love me some some snow in winter. You want a cold city. Yeah. So anyway. What's your number nine? Number nine, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. That's just... I love that show so much. I know you wouldn't like it. I don't like it because (laughs) it's essentially like another show he had. Yeah. It's very similar. I love Last Man Standing so much. I've seen it. Like I don't think it's a bad show. Yeah, big Tim Allen guy. It definitely was like he leaned into being the the right wing conservative yeah it definitely was going for a certain audience and succeeded i mean yeah. it's it i think people who lean right politically probably really like that show and essentially they just flip-flopped home improvement and last man standing well he, he wasn't like daughters. it wasn't like he was a leftist on yeah yeah nobody like three daughters three sons for sure i've yeah. seen last man standing it's pretty good I, i've always enjoyed tim allen's comedy yeah for sure my number nine is the simpsons Nice. And I dropped it all the way to nine because it's been on for like 30 some seasons, but only seasons like two through nine are honestly any good at all. Yep. But those episodes. Some of the Conan years there. Conan O'Brien years. Some of those episodes are some of the funniest stuff that's ever been put on TV. Right. I just didn't feel like I could honestly rank the Simpsons higher when so much of their catalog has been bad. And going back to what I was saying earlier. Homer in the older episodes is dumb, but they made him like as the years went on, they made him like the dumbest human being on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of dumb, like yeah. in the early 90s. It took and it too was, far. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, seasons like four, five, six are just unassailable. So, so funny. 
uh, the hardest I've laughed at TV. Yeah, if you watch the episodes that you know, Conan O'Brien and uh, is it um, Je- not, is it Jeff Dan not Jeff Daniel Greg Daniels Conan o- is it Conan O'Brien Greg Daniels and like Adam McKay weren't they all writers on it um, or was it just Greg Daniels and Conan because they went from SNL to The Simpsons and they were just some Conan's of Conan's the, the one I remember the most. some of the best comedy writers of all time absolutely so good yeah so good. All right. Number eight. Number eight. It's in here. It's got super nostalgia to me. So that's why it made the list. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World made it onto my honorable Ooh, mentions. Nice. Yes. Yep. Love me some Boy Meets World. I liked Boy Meets Top World, God. but I didn't like... It didn't make me laugh out loud. I didn't think it was like, wow, great comedy writing. It's more like it hit me at the right time when I was growing up. Yeah. And I just think it's a really, really good show, but I don't I don't laugh at that like I did like early episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. Gosh, I love Boy Meets World. They did with, with Sean's character, they did try to introduce some I feel like really serious and like super heartfelt uh-huh. and like sad moments at times that you weren't expecting as a kid and it kind of made you think about things as a kid and probably like to be accepting of some of your other friends and stuff that maybe don't have it as 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 well off as you. Boy Meets World's a great show. Sure Can't is. argue with that. All right. Number eight for me is Home Improvement. Nice. Yep. Gosh, I love that show. Yeah. Very good. Um, I had two brothers growing up. There was three of us boys, so I related to that. Um, I just, I, today, to this day, I could put on an episode of Home Improvement and yep. just, just really enjoy it and I, just laugh at it. I watched the entire thing, uh, episode one to the finale, I think four years Four or five years ago, I decided to watch them all over again. So good. It had some heartfelt moments. Yeah. But just Tim Tim was just the right amount of dumb. He yeah. really was. Yep. You ever wonder, when I watched Home Improvement, I always wondered this. How, what do you think he actually made? Like a salary from that show. Oh, he made good money. It's, it's It was like Detroit's whatever, 100-some braided cable show or the something Binford like that. The Binford kickbacks alone were probably. Good call. Yeah. Plus, you're doing all those projects at home yourself, not paying a repairman. Yeah, I, until I, you screw it up, and the repairman has to. Wasn't come in. Jill a professor at one point too? Uh, of psychology, I think. Yeah. I, well, she was a psychology student. She went back oh, to college. She's a therapist, wasn't she a therapist? Yeah, I think she went. She was back in college as an adult student for a time being, and then yeah, she probably did become a therapist. That's good money right there. I think that's why at the I think that's why the show ends with them leaving Detroit because they move for her. Job because she gets offered an amazing position as a. I actually don't even know how the professor show slash therapist. They leave Detroit. Where do they move to? Man, oh, where is it? I think Del Boca Vista. I can't remember where it is for sure. Huh. But it's yeah, they leave Detroit. Tim says, "I'm giving up the career for you. You've done all this for me all these years. Now it's your time." And they move for her job. What do you think? What do you think Tim Taylor's insurance premiums were like? <laughs> oh my. Through the roof. Uninsurable. Probably uninsurable. <laughs> Very high risk if insured. <laughs> Very high risk. I take back my previous statement. I don't know that they did have a lot of money. I think he was paying <laughs> out the nose for health insurance. Gosh, I love that show so much. And that show, in my opinion, greatest Halloween episodes ever of any show. Halloween? Their Halloween episodes are so good. <laughs> I, I can't say I remember vividly. I do. Episodes. All right. You want my number seven? Yeah. I re- I watched this only like two years ago. It was amazing. It was on Netflix. 
features a fellow Iowan. It's The Ranch. Oh. Featuring Ashton Kutcher, Sam I've Elliott. I've never seen an episode of that. Man, I love it. My Steve Hammer, who does a lot, a lot of the episodes on this podcast, put me onto it. Love it so much. What kind of humor is it? Uh, well, the main character, they live on a ranch in Colorado and they're cattle farmers. Okay. So instantly speaks to me. Yep. But uh, the type of humor, it's definitely not crude. It's uh, kind of like screw up son and dad's kind of always like, oh, you're an idiot. How many seasons? Type of humor. There? I think it went six seasons. Okay. There's some serious, there's quite a few serious parts in it too, but it's 75% humor. It's definitely a sitcom. Really good. I love it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I love it a lot. What are we on? Number seven? Number seven. Community. Ha! Gosh, I love that show. The first couple seasons were really good. I will admit, it got really weird towards the end mm-hmm. with like just uh, going off. It was Greg Daniels, right? Yeah. Yep. Going off into some weird, just what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, I can't think of the word, but. Oh, the humor became very esoteric, mm-hmm. and but the first couple of seasons when they're just kids at a or not kids adults at a community college, really really funny. Yeah, early seasons of that show are all time television. Yep. Uh, at the end, yeah, when Chevy Chase leaves and Donald Glover leaves on the other one of them, are there it's still good. But my not favorite as episode good. of that show is probably when. Um, Jeff Winger has to try to talk Troy Barnes into going out for the football team. <laughs> and he goes, come on, T-Bone. They need you. And he goes, how'd you know my nickname was T-Bone? He goes, because you're a football player and your name starts with T. <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah, that, uh, when I first started watching that show, that's when I was introduced to Danny Pudi, who played Abed. Uh-huh. Wow. Abed is definitely probably in my top three favorite tv characters of all time i love him so much all the troy and abed in the morning little bits they would do and uh donde esta la biblioteca <laughs> yep <laughs> uh that rap was great there's an episode two where they they try to find annie's pen yep and they tear the study room apart and over the intercom the dean who the dean is just an all-time sitcom character yep the dean says the puppy parade is starting soon and Troy is upset that they're going to miss it at the beginning. And he goes, he has this little throwaway line. Have you guys ever been to a puppy parade halfway through? It's pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then at the end, when the credits are rolling, they're like, and they're, the Dean is like emceeing the parade, like, like it's Macy's or something, Macy's day parade. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, look at this little puppy. Uh, look at this float. Oh, look at this one. And then one comes by with puppies and kittens and the Dean just gets dead serious. And he goes, okay, this one feels a little preachy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's as the credits are rolling. If you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. But I just, I just love community. Yeah, man. Community is so good. It made me want to, it made me want to go to a community college or college instead of where I went because obviously I got sucked in and thought, well, surely that's what community college is like. And it's not. It's no. At all. <laughs> all right. Number What's your s- number six? Number six for me. When I made my list, couldn't believe it was this low. But Wait, when you say low, do you mean close to 10 or close to one? Close to uh, 10. Okay. I thought it would be higher than what it is. Uh, it's New Girl. New Girl was an honorable mention for me. Man, I love New Girl so much. Schmidt and Nick. The relationship. Nick Miller is yeah, awesome. The relationship between them. Nick Miller is Schmidt is like super goofy and I love him so much. But Nick Miller, 
is my favorite character from that show. Also one of my all-time favorite sitcom characters. That guy. I need to go back and, like, I I did watch some early on, and I liked it. I need to go back and, like, really give the whole series an honest watch. Yeah. Um, When Nick Miller starts hanging out with the Asian guy that never talks, (laughs) and he meets him, and they're on that bench, and then it's like they're talking, and then, like, all of a sudden they end up in a pool. Yeah. And they're, like, Nick's being cradled like a baby. And he just, he's so like cringed up and he just goes, uh, the moment got away from me here. <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny line. Man, I, uh, I started following a new girl page on TikTok like two weeks ago. It's just clips from the show. Yeah. Like three days, like three times a day, clips from the show will come up and they're just, ah, it's just a reminder of how great that show was. I watched the whole thing in like three weeks in December, of like I want to say 2013 or something. Gosh, just so good. Really good show. Honorable yep. mention for me. All right. Number what are we six. on? Number six? Scrubs. Wow. I forgot about Scrubs. I'm not sure if it'd be top 10 for me, though. That was a great show. Oh, that was like our one of our big shows in college. Yeah, big college show. Me and all my buddies would get together and watch it. Turk and JD. Yep. Like all-time friendship. Yep. Um, Don't they like do this weird embrace and yell like, Eagle. Oh, yeah. It's something like so that. many weird things. Yeah. Um, Gosh, that show was good. I had a lot of funny, like, um, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's kind of like in Family Guy when Peter says something and there's like a sidebar, like a scene that's like a non sequitur. Mm-hmm. They would do that a lot. Like, it would it might be something just in Zach Braff's head. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Scrubs. I, I really, really enjoy that show. Yep. That is a great show, man. Um, I wondered if there would be on either one of our lists one where we just go, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, that was one for me, for sure. Bigger role for Donald Faison. Turk or his role in Clueless? What was his name in Clueless? I don't remember. I'm trying to think of when Stacy Dash's character, when Dion... I have such a crush on her. ...says, like, I'm going to call your mother when he's shaving his head at the party. Yeah. I can't remember what his name is. It's something like Wesley or something like that. Because she goes, what am I going to do with you now? I have a big crush on Stacey Dash. Do you really? Still, By the way. Still? Uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison started a podcast. The way they go back and watch. I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a Scrubs rewatch. It might be. It's, that's what everyone's doing nowadays. But uh, I can't remember if it's that or not. But I, I want to check it out because I like him so much. But yeah, that show. Murray. His name's Murray. Murray. I knew it was like Wesley or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd say Turk. Definitely a bigger role. I agree. Yeah, man, that show was great. What's your number five? Number five for me, it's already been said by you, Home Improvement. I knew that'd be higher on your list than it was on mine. <clears throat> I just... Any any thoughts that we didn't get to say during the first time? I mean, aside from it having being the show with the all-time best Halloween episodes, it it's up there for Christmas episodes, too. I always look forward to the Home Improvement Halloween and Christmas episodes. Tim always doing crazy things with lights. The episode where him and Al can't get back from like a show or something they had to go do, and he's on the phone with his boys, and they're trying to, or no, he's not, he's on a plane, so he can't be on the phone with them, but he keeps like thinking, gosh, I hope the boys can figure out the lights without me there so we can get them done for the light contest. And then their plane is trying to figure out where to go, and his boys get the lights plugged in, and from the sky up in the plane, they all of a sudden this bright light shines up into the plane, and it's Tim's lights from his house, <laughs> and they're able to land because of it. And he probably goes, oh, yep, super corny. <laughs> love home improvement just just a great show 
My number five is Arrested Development. I've never seen it. Really? Yep. I think it's... I need to watch it. I would argue it's one of the best well-written shows ever. Um, it's very tight. What I mean is like the writing's tight. Um, you have to pay attention to every little thing that every character is doing or you're going to miss funny things. Pay attention to what they're doing in the background. Pay attention to their little throwaway comments. And like what's so funny about it is I think it rewards you for paying attention. So like they will say something in season two, episode three, that is a, a like a little reference to something that happened in season one, episode four. And it's super funny if you pay attention and remember that. That's yeah. what I mean by like the writing's really tight. Um, it's just my sense of humor, big time. I don't watch the Netflix seasons when Netflix rebooted it. Just seasons one through three. Um, also, a college show. Watched it with some people in college that were just made the show that much more enjoyable to watch it with. So, my number five, Arrested Development, is um, is Bateman in that show? He's Jason is, is his is his humor in that show like how it is in other? No, he is. His, a, he's a straight man. Oh, yeah. So the premise of the show is this: this is like a real estate development family. The dad is corrupt. Um, he goes to prison. Everybody else in the family is like weird or dumb or whatever. And Michael is like the one sane person standing in a sea of like insanity, mm. trying to keep this family together and keep this business afloat. Um, and like Will Arnett's character, his older brother, his name is Job. Love Will Arnett. Um, he's hilarious. And um, Michael Hale's, Hale's character, Buster, he's the little brother. Buster's funny. David Cross is the brother-in-law, Tobias. Seriously, like it's just the f- one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. I'm planning to watch it this winter Okay, if it's on one of my streaming services. Oh, yeah. It's on Netflix. All right. Perfect. If I'm you pl- ever want to have me over, I would watch it with I you. I would say this winter we'll have to have watch parties. So good. Yep. Winter is when I get <clears> caught up on a... <laughs> 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 I get caught up on a lot of shows in the winter. What's your number four? <clears throat> number four for me. This might shock a lot of people, but it is number four, The Office. That's my number four. For real? Yes. Man. Why Why do you think you didn't rate it higher? Because I know why I didn't. So for probably five years post The Office, it was my number one. I, th- I said, this is untouchable. Can't be beat. Since then, I've watched uh, a couple others that... I still said, nope, not as good. But then I started thinking about it. I watched them again, analyzed it versus The Office and the comedy and the other ones I have above it. Just a little bit better. I feel like a little more creative with the humor. I don't. Here's why I, mean, I The didn't. Office is so epic. My top four here's could a, all just be jumbled around, honestly. But Here's why I didn't rate it higher than four. The first like three seasons are probably the funniest things that have ever been put on TV, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But again, they just cranked the volume up on some of these characters. Like Dwight became almost insufferable mm-hmm. by the end. I mean, we start out with oh, he's just kind of a quirky guy in the office who does things like Taekwondo and takes his job too seriously. Yeah. And by the end of the show, he's coming into the office dressed as like a weird German Santa Claus. And it's just stupid. Like, I just felt like you. There's too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. You you took Dwight's weirdness and just ramped it up to the point that it was annoying. Um, honestly, for us for a comedy, 
I was totally invested in Jim and Pam's relationship. 100%. So my friend Brad. One of the again, probably the ch- three most iconic TV couples ever. The Chandler Bing of our college experience. My, yeah. my roommate Brad. Yeah. He would buy the episodes on iTunes the day after they aired on TV. Oh, we, wow. We like just with our college schedule, we couldn't watch it. So we would always gather around his laptop and watch it. And we were just so and we'd watch it <clears throat> one week at a time, one episode at a time. And we were just. We were so into it. We we were into Jim and Pam's relationship, and honestly, when they got together, it lost the show. Lost a little bit of that spark. Yeah, the uh, tension and yeah. like, will they? Won't they? But still, like the first three or four seasons are yeah. some of the funniest things that have ever been put on TV. You're not wrong. Yeah, so good. And I think the funniest episodes of The Office are funnier than anything else that's been put on. But The Office has some low episodes that are yeah. bad. And I think Michael Especially Scott. Michael Scott's. Maybe the greatest TV character of all time. Thank goodness that he got the role. Uh, it's it is insane. First of all, you brought up something that I want to touch about at the end when we're done. It's insane though, like the people that tried out for Michael Scott and didn't get it, who were probably at the time maybe a little more popular than him. Who but, tried out? Uh, Ricky Gervais. That makes sense. He was in the British. Yeah, I wanted to do it. Um, uh, Did I hear that Jim Carrey tried it? He, he's one um i mean like the guy rain wilson originally tried out for it yeah but um oh my gosh who's the guy he lost out on so many roles he's he's saul goodman and better call saul oh bob odenkirk yeah he lost out he got the he was like great the SML second writer. choice yeah he was like the second choice for that and for like three other like super iconic tv roles and comedies that he never got <laughs> so he finally got his big break with better call saul and stuff but yeah you're not you're not wrong with Michael Scott as maybe the funniest TV character of all time. Yes. Just unbelievable. Yep. Office bloopers are some of the best bloopers out there. 100%. Yep. All right. That's what's awesome that you had th- at number four. Yeah. What's your number three? Number three for me, Parks and Recreation. Mm. Previously, uh, below the office, until like a year ago, I reevaluated, remembered certain episodes versus the office and... Just remembered how much I was a little bit more invested in Parks and Rec. I like it more. My I, I maybe like, I like all of the characters in Parks and Rec. <laughs> like every it's single one. An of incredible them. cast. Yes. As a whole, that cast is just lightning. Doesn't miss. So good. Andy Dwyer, so yeah, funny. Like Chris Pratt blew up on that show. Tom Haverford was really funny. <laughs> I I I remember the first time I saw Parks and Rec, I thought, are they just ripping off the office? But then Parks and Rec had a heart and a soul to it that the office didn't yeah you're not wrong like the office you know when michael left the episode where michael leaves um the office showed a heart Mm -hmm. and every once in a while there's a little tinge of it but parks and rec is supposed to be people who love each other people who whatever the thing i like about it is so often the people of pawnee um were a microcosm of the united states general public yeah and if you know what was going on in politics at that time or in American culture, you can totally see them referencing it. And like the town hall meetings yes. are like things basic they're basically making fun of the general American public. Yeah. And that that part to me was always funny. Harris Whittles wrote on that show, you know, R.I.P. Harris Whittles, but his sense of humor is so funny. Yep. Have you heard of Harris Whittles Humble Brags? Uh no. So I've heard of it. Do him. you remember the website Grantland? Oh yeah. 
Okay. Bill Simmons. He used to write a column for Grantland called Humble Brags, and it's still up. You can just Google Harris Whittle's Humble Brags. And every week, he would grab the greatest Humble Brags from Twitter and rank them and then and then give commentary on each one. And for those that don't know, a humble brag is when you are trying to sound humble, but you're actually bragging. So it would sound something like this. A humble brag would be like, oh, man, if like one more person asked me if I'm a supermodel, like it's I'm going to freak out like it's so annoying <laughs> or like, man, the sucky part about having a Lamborghini is how much it costs to keep it clean. It's like yep. you're trying to be humble, but you just want to brag that you have a Lamborghini yeah, or that 100%. you're good looking. And his commentary making fun of people in pop culture that are humble bragging. Just Google Harris Whittles humble brag Grantland and go read these columns. They're so funny. Yep. Ron Swanson, probably my all-time favorite TV character. And I think a super underrated TV relationship, like friendship, that does not get talked about as much as it should is Tom Haverford and Donna. Oh, yeah. Those two together. Treat yourself. Are hilarious. I thought you were going to say Ron and, and Leslie. Well, Ron and Leslie, I mean, that was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Tom and Donna, they just cracked me up. I think the funniest person on that show is Ben Wyatt. You're not wrong. Cones of Dunshire. The Cones of Dunshire, <laughs> the Arbiter. Um, when everyone thinks he's so cool when he goes to work at the accounting firm. <laughs> I Mostly, like the thing I like about Ben is his character is, again, the most normal one. And every time they bring up little Sebastian and he just looks at the camera like, what is the point yeah. of this? Like, that makes me laugh. Oh, man. That was your number three? Yeah. Andy Dwyer singing Bye Bye Little Sebastian at that in the park was so epic. 10,000 Candles in the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. My number three is That 70s Show. <clears throat> I forgot about that. What? And that would probably be in my top ten. That uh, 70s show is I'm an idiot. incredible. I'm an idiot. So good. I love Eric Foreman. How did Foreman. I forget about I that? don't know. Amazing show. But I love Eric Foreman. Uh, Mila Kunis' character's name is Jackie Burkhart, spelled just like my Burkhart last name. Mm-hmm. I had a cousin named Jackie Burkhart, mm. so that was funny. Um, Michael Kelso is an all-time character. Yeah. Um, that would probably be in my top ten. I'd have Ashton Kutcher in there twice. All the, all the episodes where... Kelso ends up wrestling somebody and then yells, my eye. So funny. That show gave me a crush on. (coughs) Going to edit that out. Why don't you just start that sentence over? That show gave me a big time crush and made me love redheads with Laura Prepon. Yeah. As Donna. Pinciotti. I just, again. Red Foreman, great. Pretty character. much every character is funny yeah. on that show. I, that's the show I'm actually rewatching right now. I'm on like season one, episode five, or something. Nice. Uh, my I, my senior year college roommate and I used to watch a lot of that '70s show together. Yeah, it is so good. Fez Fez got a little annoying because again he was a little bit perverted in the first couple of seasons, and then they just made him into a total yeah. weirdo by the end. But I, I yep. do kind of ignore the episodes where. Topher Grace left for a season. Yeah. But talk about emotional series finales when it's New Year's Eve, 1979, and then that yep. the camera s- just cuts to the license plate and you look at the registration sticker and it says 80. Yep. That was that was like powerful. That is good writing. Yep. Right there. Uh, I did notice though, episode one, season one, it says it's 1976. <laughs> did they not have any faith that that show was going to last? They should have made it like 1971. Yeah. But that's okay. We can suspend disbelief there. Have I ever told you my uh, 
friends' parents yelling at me because of that 70s show. No. So in high school, I went to a girl's house to study for a class. And we were just sitting in their den. And I happened to flip through the TV while we were hanging out. And that 70s show came on. I started watching it. We were having a great time. And her mother came in and got very upset with me. Because she said, we do not watch that show in this house. That's It's too dirty and all this stuff. We were like 16. And she got really mad at me. I, I just, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. She was she was not happy that I had that 70s show on the TV. thought maybe you could say you hit her with like a red foreman line. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> so that was my number three. Honestly, if I would have remembered it, it'd probably be like number nine for me over last minute standing. I can't believe I forgot about that 70s show. I'm an idiot. And Scrubs. Yeah, I'm an idiot. What's your number two? Number two for me is Community. Really? It's my second favorite. I didn't know you were that big on Community. I love Community so much. Shout out Brett Hahn, who introduced me to Community. I would have never given it a shot, but he begged and pleaded me to watch it. He said, "I he, he said it's up my alley and I got to watch it. And he was not wrong. Did not disappoint. <sighs> I just loved it so much. The paintball episodes, the pillow forts were great. When Man. they do the Ken Burns documentary <laughs> style about the great pillow yes. fight. Like, it's just so many amazing things on that show. Shout out, community. Number, number two. Number two for me is Seinfeld. Nice. Wow. I'm excited to know what your number one is. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Seinfeld is a, some of the tightest writing ever, too, because something, some character that Jerry had one interaction with at the beginning of the episode ends up being a major point of emphasis at the very end. Yep. Again, I don't know that there's a bad season of Seinfeld. No, nope, even, even the finale that people were so mad with, I thought was fine. Like there's yeah. no good way to end a show. That's beloved. You're there's going not. to be upset. There's truly not. Um, I didn't think any of the characters became insufferable. I thought they were all just amazing to the end. Kramer is talk about an all timer. My favorite episode of Seinfeld is Kramerica Industries. Yeah. Where he's making the rubber <laughs> bladder for the oil tankers and he has an assistant named Darren. Kramerica. I bought Tim Galvin a Kramerica Industries t shirt. That is amazing. I Because he's one of like those. the biggest Seinfeld fan I know. It's so good. Um, but Darren, his assistant, is really funny. Um, I, and, Seinfeld just keeps giving. If if you're on Twitter, you need to look up like modern day Seinfeld. Have you heard of this? No. So it's it's modern day Seinfeld. It's, it's what if Seinfeld was still around today? What would some of the plots plots be? Oh, and wow. it's things like um, Jerry wants to break up with a girl, but he doesn't want to lose her Netflix password. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, George keeps George matched with the same girl on multiple dating apps. And George goes, I can't date her. She's desperate. She's on multiple apps. And Elaine yells, so are you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Or one of them is George matches with a girl on Tinder, but there's two girls in every profile pic, and he's convinced it's the, le- the least good-looking one. He's like, you don't know my luck, Jerry. And my favorite modern-day Seinfeld plot line was Kramer catfishes himself. Oh, that's and Jer- amazing. Jerry goes... How do you catfish yourself? And Kramer says, oh, I'm good, Jerry. Real good. Where do you see this at? I just, just somebody retweeted it. And then I saw it. I was like, well, this is right up my alley. I have to follow that. Yeah. Another great plot line is Jerry gets really freaked out when his ex-girlfriend's phone automatically collect, connects to Newman's apartment Wi-Fi. <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> and it just shows that like the things that that show is about would have still been funny today. Yeah. They, because you just relate to society. La- Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld would have been really good at just pointing out that observational humor stuff, even in our mm-hmm. modern lives, mm-hmm. like they did in the 90s. Man. Yeah. The famous show about nothing. Wow. What an all-time show. What Man. Was, your number two is Community, right? Yeah. All right. What's your number one? My number one is Seinfeld. My number one is Parks and Rec. Wow. Yeah. We, so we were really close little, to each little other. Little flip-flopper there. Uh, yeah. What can we, there's nothing much to say about those shows. No. I mean, Seinfeld is just, oh my gosh, it's just almost perfect. Almost perfect. Parks and Rec. So here's my thing. Parks and Rec is so, Parks and Rec to me doesn't really have, it doesn't really slow down at all. No, over the even, course of even, eight, was some, it seven seasons? Mm, I think seven or eight. Eight. I, some people complain about the last season because it's like in the future. Doesn't that bother me. Fine with it. me. Um, so people compare Parks and Rec in the office a lot. Yeah. Here's For my, sure. here's my thoughts on that. The funniest episodes of The Office are funnier than the funniest episodes of Parks and Rec. I would agree with you. But the worst episodes of The Office are far, far worse than the yeah. worst episodes of Parks and Rec. Yeah. And I would put Michael Scott above any Parks and Rec character, but then I'd probably put like five or six Parks and Rec's characters above the next funniest Office character. Yeah, if you're making a top ten between the two shows, you're probably looking at... At least seven from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is like, it never mm-hmm. lets up. It, there's no valley. It's just good all the way through. The office has some huge peaks, but some big valleys. Yeah. That's that, that's my analysis. Yep. Gosh, just a couple great shows. I, uh, man, Seinfeld. I can't even think of like my favorite Seinfeld episode. I just, How about I just love some. Seinfeld is one Bob of those. Bob Sacamano's, <laughs> his, his slacks. Or Kramer getting kicked in the head by Crazy Joe (laughs) Davola. Crazy Joe Davola. That show just uh, George. George brought so much of his luck upon himself by being an idiot Mm -hmm. and making dumb assumptions. Yeah, it's just what was that? um, What was the episode where George gets squirted in the eye by a grapefruit, (laughs) and Jerry says something like. Yes. From across the room and George goes, Pulp can move, baby. <laughs> somebody somebody I heard somebody once had like that was like their ringtone was George yelling, Pulp can move, baby. Yep. <laughs> when I uh I'm a big eat I'm a big like eat snacks out of a bowl with a spoon type of guy. And if it's available to me, I'll stab a I'll stab a candy bar with a fork. And I just tell people I'm modern day George Costanza. He made it famous eating his candy bars with a fork in the restaurant. Summer of George. Yep. I love Seinfeld. Yeah, man. It's so good. Um, something that I was... Oh, man. Just, that's some great lists. I, I, can't, I can't believe, first of all, I forgot that 70s show. Shame on me. Shame on me. Uh, I had a, four honorable mentions I wrote down. Saved by the Bell. So corny and dumb, but I love it. Big Bang Theory. What? Take that off. I was a big fan of Big Bang Theory. You don't like it? CBS is really, really bad at sitcoms. I'll give you that. Sitcoms are usually best on Fox. Big Bang Theory. Or NBC. Big Bang Theory I probably found entertaining for like 10 episodes. Yeah. And then Sheldon just became too much. Yeah. Uh, Modern Family. Okay. That's one I've actually never seen. Ooh. And people tell me I need to. It's really good. What? Sell me on it. Like, Just tell me like what's so funny about it. Is that Phil Dumphy guy just, like the funniest one? I mean, every no. It's just a 
a family that loves each other, but they're all so different and they're crazy personalities and stuff that are different all intertwined with each other to just make it hilarious. Uh, Phil Dunphy is, is really funny. My favorite character personally is Eric Stone Street's character of Cam. I don't think I even know who Eric Stone Street is. He, well, if you haven't seen Modern Family, you're not going to know who he is. Okay. Um, massive Chiefs fan, if that helps you out. In the show or in real life? In real life. He's from Missouri. He's from like Paul Rudd. He's part of like the five or six famous Missouri comedians. John Hamm, Paul Rudd. And Stone Street. Uh, there's one other. I can't remember. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, uh, it's the guy who says, pow, in the Step Brothers movie. What's his name? He's Wait. A, you just have a face I want to punch, is what he says. Rob Riggle? Yeah. He's uh, from Kansas City. Oh, is he? Yeah. Anyway, Modern Family is awesome. You should watch it. Very funny. Okay. Um, and King of Queens. That was a, that was an honorable mention for me. Yep. And did you ever hear the show Franklin and Bash? It was on USA for three Isn't seasons. Is that Mark Paul Gosler yeah. and Breckenmeyer? And Meyer. Stop it. I don't know why. but There's I, no way that show was funny. I don't know why, but I fell in love with that show. No. It was only on three seasons, and then they canceled it. I have a friend. I think it's called Happy Endings. I don't I know. I had a friend that thought that show was really funny. <laughs> I was a big fan of Frank I think Frank that show is just really sarcastic because my friend is yeah. really sarcastic. But yeah. um, honorable mentions for me. Uh, oh, let's see. I had my initial list here. Uh, Why do I have crap? Uh, Boy Meets right World now? was home. Was so Boy Meets World. Just Shoot Me. Mm. Remember that on NBC with David Spade? I watched quite a bit of that. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Never seen it. Andy Samberg. I've heard funny. I need to. It's pretty good. Joe Latrulli is really funny in that. And then New Girl was an honorable mention for me. King of Queens. Um, you know, King of the Hill was pretty funny for a little bit there. It was. Did you ever get into Family Guy? So, I actually do think Family Guy is pretty funny. Um, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. I don't, sure. I don't love it and watch it all the time, but some of their commentary on pop culture and everyday life is really funny. Like, for example, um, I just watched one where they were making fun of what people do on Facebook. So... Somebody, I think it was Phyllis. Is that his wife's name? No. Uh, Lois. Lois. Yep. Lois put on Facebook, like, such a terrible day, whatever. And then uh, the peg leg pirate guy, I can't remember his name, but Seamus, I think his name is. He posts right beneath it. So sorry to hear that. If you ever need anything, let me know. And Peter right below goes, uh, or Lois goes, give me your car. And Peter goes, you have to give it to her. You said anything. This is all happening in the comments. And then Seamus just deleted his post. And the three dots were there as him typing. And he read the post he put back up was sending good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> there, That's probably going to get cut out because it was such a stupid long story. No, that was funny. Uh, there's another one where they make fun of Facebook where uh, Peter says something like, today was awful. Life sucks. And somebody goes, oh, no, what happened? And he goes, nothing. DM me. It's one of those like people just post statuses yeah. to get attention. To get attention. Yeah. I this is a true story. Kind of like an e brace. <laughs> yeah. This is a true story. I just snooze someone for 30 days on Facebook. I do this thing with Facebook jail. Oh, so yeah. if you I'll snooze people. Well, if you make any political post I've unfollowed a lot of people. I don't unfollow them, but if you make a political post, either right leaning or left leaning, I just snooze you for 30 days. Just put you in timeout. Yeah. Because I want my Facebook feed to just not I don't know, I just don't want it to be politics. Um, 
but I snoozed somebody because they posted a prayer that was like, Lord, when, you know, things are tough, things are dark, but I lean on you and, 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 and protect me from fake people and all, you know what I mean? Basically it was just, it seemed like it was really asking for attention, right? And, and wanting the story of why I'm posting this a hundred percent. So the comment below was. Is everything okay? And this person who posted it underneath of that wrote, "Yeah, I'm fine. I was just praying on Facebook." <laughs> and I just that was deserves like, a snooze. I, I can't do this. I got to snooze. Like that is that is a cry for help, and you were fine. Yeah, that's dumb. I don't mean, like it. I don't even want to get into the theology or the whatever of like. Just yeah. praying on Facebook, like, yeah. nope. Is that, that a thing? That Adam where it's at. is praying on Facebook a thing? for people who want to. For people who want to, like, say, "Hey, look at me! I'm a Christian." I, I get real annoyed by Facebook Christianity. I didn't know Facebook was an avenue for prayer. Well, I I, I get not. like, but I get like putting a post of like sending thoughts and prayers or hey, I'm gonna be praying for you. Yeah. But I was just praying on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Get out. I apologize if I've offended those of you that pray on Facebook. I'm hey, you sorry. Know what? Whoever that is, they deserve that snooze. <laughs> Kudos to you. I just can't have people. That's a that's a boy who cried wolf situation. Yep. I can't have that in my feed. <laughs> I can't have it. I don't blame you. Gotta take a time out. Um. I wrote down here about Ted Lasso. Have you seen or heard of Ted Lasso? Here's my thing with Ted Lasso. It has been recommended to me so much that I don't want to watch it now. Okay. I'm not going to recommend it to you then. Everybody is telling me to watch Ted Lasso. and I'm, there's, there's a little bit of a contrarian in me or a stubbornness that I'm like, if, you, if you're all telling me to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I got to come to it on so, my own terms. I'll speak on my experience with Ted Lasso. It's been two seasons. Um, first season was unreal. One of the best seasons of a sitcom I've I ever seen. I like Jason Sudeikis yeah. a lot. Jason Sudeikis' character is has potential to be like Mount Rushmore sitcom characters in here. It's so good. Season two wasn't as good, what which is to be expected because season one was unbelievable. So I wrote down here, it will almost certainly be in my top ten. But I need to see how future seasons play out before I rank it somewhere. So that's why I didn't put it in yet. But the first two seasons of Ted Lasso, holy crap, Sudeikis brings it. He's really good. Here's, but, part, here's part of my issue that I can't get over. Okay. I find soccer so incredibly boring and uninteresting. And people are like, yeah, I know. He's like a, a fo- American football coach. And I'm like, I know. But the, t- the show is about a soccer team. Yeah. And like, shout out to those of you that like soccer. Everybody likes different things. Some people think baseball is super boring and they don't want to watch it. I think it's the greatest thing that's ever been invented. <laughs> you think soccer is great. Yeah. I think it's super boring and uninteresting. And I just like how much of that show depends on finding soccer even remotely interesting. Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Uh, only like 15, 20 percent, maybe. Something like that. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Do you think my disinterest... I'm not a soccer guy either. Do you and think, I think my the show's disinterest amazing. in soccer will be a hurdle too big for me to get over to enjoy the show? No. Okay. Not at all. So it's one of those shows, though, like kind of like what you were saying about Arrested Development. You need to make sure you're paying attention because there's quick and quiet, like little sarcastic comments that are made that you could easily miss if you're not paying attention that are epic and hilarious. Isn't Sadeka's character supposed to be like super wholesome? 
very, very wholesome. Like the most wholesome sitcom character I've ever seen. Does he like break bad at one point? Hasn't yet. What if he starts like selling black tar hair? There was a breaking bad part though in the last season from someone he wouldn't have expected. Well, don't spoil it I'm for not me. Gonna, or else I'll that's never leading watch into it. season three, and I'm very excited for season three. It's really I, good. I don't have Apple TV. I can give you my password. Nice. I got <laughs> I got Apple TV because when I bought my new iPhone, it, it came with it like a free year or something. And then I watched Ted last, and I was like, all right, well, I have to keep paying for this now after this year because I love the show. I'll and it's give, only five bucks a month. I'll give you my CW streaming password. There. <laughs> so you can watch One Tree Hill. Thank you. <laughs> you give me that. I'll give you Apple. And Smallville. Yes. By the way, Smallville, great show. Uh, my brother and I used to have the DVDs. Like, Smallville, secretly great show. The one girl Derek turned Leitz's out to be in a weird... show of all time. Derek Leitz. It's his favorite show of all time. Well, that- uh, do you remember the show Lizzie McGuire? Yeah, Hillary Duff's awesome. I saw a picture of Hillary Duff today Team on social Gordo, media. By the way. And she I, never gave Gordo a look. She didn't. I saw a picture of Hillary Duff today on Twitter, and I nearly fainted. She's aged very well. She is a fine wine. And Lizzie McGuire is a fine wine. She she is one of the rare childhood actors that seems to be completely and totally yeah. normal and yeah. like really cool. Yeah. One last thing I have written down about sitcoms where we close out with some 90s talk. So we talked about this in a lot of shows like The Office and some other shows we mentioned, Community. It's very, very rare that a sitcom is really good start to finish. Seems like most of them, what would you say, like three to four it takes awesome lot. seasons? Well, well, usually the first season, like they're just trying to figure out what they are. They're trying to get... I feel the- like seasons like two through five or two through four where shows are really like, all right. We're going to give this show seven seasons no matter what because those seasons were so good. I think more sitcoms need to have exit plans. Yeah. Like, instead of saying we're just going to keep going as long as they'll renew us, they need to say, like, we're going a tight seven and we're out. Because yeah. then, then, like, you don't overstay your welcome. Nowadays, it's pretty common to only do, like, five. Back then, you know, it was nine, ten. Seven's a good number. Just I would take agree. what you can get. Yeah. Have you ever seen Cheers? I just It just popped into my head. Oh, yeah. I've never seen Cheers. Here's my thing with Cheers. It's like the episodes of SNL from the 70s where I go, I respect this. I understand that at the time it was really, really funny and like I would never disrespect it. But me personally, it doesn't get me laughing out loud. Yeah, it, it is funny how humor changes like that, because some people will swear to you that Cheers was the funniest thing that's ever happened. Um, just like that. They, they think, you know, 70s SNL was way better than anything today, but. I mean, I see it. I think Tommy Boy and Billy Madison are are a riot, and kids today are like they just think it's dumb and they've never seen it. And they don't care, and and then the things that they think are funny, I'm like, I don't. I mean, that's a real thing. When I was a kid, I didn't understand why my parents didn't think the things I thought were funny or funny. It's like your sense of humor almost gets like chiseled into stone when you're like, yeah. like fifteen to twenty three. And that's probably the kind of stuff that you're always going to think is funny. Don't you think? No, I'm with you there. It's it's weird to be experiencing it as we get older. But that's how it goes. All right, Ryan. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Did you post on social media about our patron saint, Devin Sawa's birthday? Yeah. He is the patron saint of this podcast. He is, and it is his birthday. I think it was either today or yesterday, September 7th. 
and I don't remember what I wrote. Something about how happy birthday to the most like the legendary QB of the Little Giants. I think is what yeah. I wrote. Devin Sala, he's the patron saint of this podcast. Yeah. He's he's the goat, man. <laughs> there was he's, a pic. There was a picture in that post about of him and Jonathan Taylor Thomas from uh, Wild Outdoors or whatever that movie was called. Yeah, I can't remember. Talk about teen heartthrob. It right was there. those two together, and then that tomato can yeah. that like never acted again, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Devin Sawa should have at least four or five Oscars by now. Yeah, he should. It's a shame if he doesn't. He got robbed for Casper. He did robbed. Stupid Christina Ritchie overshadowed him. Well, it's not her. It's not her fault. We don't. Shouldn't need to be catching That's strays true. on this. Gosh, the movie Casper. <laughs> Devin Sawa killed it for about a seven-year run. <laughs> He really did. I would put Devin Sawa's seven-year run up against like Tom Hanks's run from like ninety-two to ninety-seven. You're not wrong. Do you ever wonder? I wonder sometimes. Like, so Devin Sawa just going out to the grocery store. Probably lives in L.A. or something. Wherever he lives, just just throwing tight spirals yeah. with TP like he did in <laughs> Little Giants. I wonder. I wasn't going that route, but now that you say that, he probably does. I wonder like how many people recognize him and like what it's life what it's like for him. It's probably like a bunch of like forty year old women who are like, Oh my gosh. I wish he had the same haircut, like the bull cut parted down the middle. Yeah, if he kept that, for sure people would know who he is. For sure. Yeah. Happy happy, bir- happy birthday, Devin Sawa. Happy birthday, big D Devin Sawa. You're the man. You're the man. All right. We like to close out these episodes with a little nineties talk because we are nineties kids. And, you know, the backbone of America is nostalgia, as far as I'm concerned. I was going to say it was oil and steel. Oh. (laughs) So, what's up? I sent you a bunch of pictures. I'm looking at them. What's up with the 90s obsession? They wanted to, like, get all creative and turn all these weird-looking things into gum. The The 90s was obsessed with making things gum. And and putting gum in weird formats. Yeah. So okay. there's a picture on here. It's a fruit ouch bubble gum. It's it's a, looks like gum that's like looks like band aids. Here's what I when I see this, what I think is like the the overhead involved in producing this. Like this isn't a tin can yeah. with a hinged lid, and they probably didn't sell very much. No, this had to have cost like eight dollars just to <laughs> recoup the costs. <laughs> it's so stupid, <laughs> and. Okay, I got candy cigarettes in there. Oh, yeah, candy cigs. Lord knows I lit up a few victory candy cigs after (laughs) a long day at daycare. Victory, Kings, (laughs) Stallion. But, okay, so we got bubble jackpot. I Uh, actually do. uh, Until you pull the slot and gum comes out? Hold on. Until you sent this picture, I had completely forgotten about bubble jackpot. Yeah, same. And now that I see this picture, I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot about most. I don't remember. Did you pull the thing and gum came out? Yeah, but I think the point was you didn't know which one it was going to come out. Strawberry, yeah. just fruit and grape. The 90s was like, all right, we're going to make kids addicted to gambling and want smoke and want smokes. Uh, grape is the all-time great candy flavor, by the way. Wow, grape is really good. Bubble beeper. Bubble beeper. Look at this. <laughs> Again, is that supposed to be a beeper? Yeah. And I, don't, it's like, I don't even know what beepers look like. It's also in a plastic case. This yeah. had to have cost like twelve ninety nine. a hinge. Yeah. Is there, I don't know. Maybe that's not a hinge. Okay, I wish some of this stuff still existed. So, like, at a party with grown adults, yeah. I could just pull out my bubble beeper. Yes. And I would, like, try to keep it on my belt loop and be like, hold on, I'm getting a page. And then just <laughs> whip out a stick of this juicy fruit and throw her in. Can you imagine the looks? Yeah. 
Uh, the next one is chiclets, tiny size flavor coated gum. We all know about those gum that looks like teeth. But oh, shark bites snuck in there. Okay, now, okay. Underrated fruit snack. Shark bite. Do you remember shark bite fruit snacks? I do now. They were so good. Yeah, I do remember them now. <laughs> oh, 3D Doritos made their way in there. 3D Doritos. Remember them? Yes. I would always throw them up and try to catch them in my mouth. It, the 90s seemed like a time where it definitely was a time of excess. These companies had way too much money to be trying crazy formats. Like yeah. Doritos at one point just goes, you know what people like? Just Doritos in regular triangle form. Yep. They don't want 3D, but I do remember that container and like pouring them into the lid as like a little bowl. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So what's up with what's up with a laundry detergent looking gum? Okay, hubba Hubba, bubba bubba, bubble jug. It looks like a jug of laundry detergent. Do you know how the do you know do you know what the gum is like inside? Okay, first of all, it's dust. First of all, is this like okay? Wait, it says here. Wait, hold on. It says two point two ounces. So it's, is this it's like, is it's this like small? This oh, I thought it was like a no, forty ounce thing. You're not slinging this thing around like a thing of Tide. So it's like dust. Okay, so it's, here's here's what I it honestly says shake and enjoy. Yeah. So you would take the lid off. Okay. You'd like shake it, and then you'd put your mouth on the on the lid on the opening, and you would just throw it back and get some gum dust in your mouth, and, and then it would like coagulate into one piece. <laughs> here's the thing that I really think you happened. Just throw it back and get some gum dust in your mouth. <laughs> Here's what I really—I love that line. Here's what I really <laughs> believed happened. Yes, somebody made a lot of money with this idea because they're sitting in a boardroom and somebody goes, uh, "Hey, I got an idea. You know how every day when we're making hubba bubba, we have all this like extra gum dust that we just like throw away and oh. vacuum up. We could just put that in a jug and sell it. Like that guy Two got birds, a, one stone. He got a raise. Yeah. I guarantee you because hubba bubba was like. Oh, we can actually take our the company made our money off the waste. And just there's no way that somebody got away with an idea saying, what if we took our perfectly good gum yep. and ground it into a powder? This was the excess waste. I'm convinced of that. You're not wrong. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Genius. I know when I've been chewing gum, I've like been like, this is good, but I wish it was like chalk. Oh, then of course you got the famous fruit stripes. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about those. That zebra character. Yep, the flavor would last what four seconds? Is it? <laughs> and then that's it's gone. Generous. That's being generous. Yeah. Would that uh, was was each gum a different flavor? Or? Yeah. So there was there. So in the in the pack there was like, um, I remember there was a yellow, a green, a red, and I want to say a grape, maybe like four flavors in there. I bought I brought fruit I bought uh, fruit stripe gum in high, fruit stripe gum in high school a lot member is that juicy fruit I about lasted had, not long I about had a heart attack when I saw the next picture I thought it was something else <laughs> <laughs> bubble gum <Whoa. laughs> bubble gum cigars yeah. The, the 90s and smoking yes. again it was all a ploy to get us kids to like smoking. And okay, so hold on. Let me. So many so of these it, products, I wish I had right now for the comedy effect. Like, yes. imagine if like our friend Wes invited us over for yeah. cigars, <laughs> and we got there, and he pulled these out, and we just sat around with gum cigars. It'd <laughs> be so funny. So what is is this like an actual like plastic package you open and there's it's a just a long stick of gum. It's in just there? a long turd of gum. 
the nineties was so dumb. I love it so but much. So great, yeah. But so great. You know what's not on this list is the old big league chew. Yeah, big league chew didn't make the cut. Just throwing a fat tire yeah. grape in the lip. There you go. Man, the last picture I had more. I don't know what those things were. That was the containers we just talked yeah. about. <laughs> I, Bubblegum cigars. It cracks me up. The 90s obsession with gum. Cool, cool Ranch Doritos. Secretly not very good. I don't like Cool Ranch. Give me original. All the I way. buy every kind of Dorito except Cool Ranch. What was do you ha- Did you have a favorite gum growing up? Yeah. Um, Bubblicious Grape. So good. Yep. Um, grape is really underrated. I'm still chasing that high. Of the first three chews of Bubblicious Grape before it lost some flavor. Bubblicious was like the it's a square. The square, right? Okay. And it's when you get a fresh piece of Bubblicious, it's so soft. Yeah. And the flavor just goes nuts. Just goes bonkers in your mouth. So good. Um I like any spearmint gum. Spearmint's my go to mint. Yep. Uh Big Red was not great if you had any sort of small cut anywhere in your mouth. Because mm-hmm. it was like gargling acid at that point it was so freaking spicy burn i think i don't know what's a worse pain like imagine like a canker sore mixed with some big red Ah, (laughs) not good that is fire straight fire um trident my mom always had trident the little the little pieces of trident you chewed trident because we thought it was going to make our teeth whiter or something my mom always had cinnamon trident and then my grandma always had uh, like I feel like she had like a like a Wrigley's spearmint gum or something. I don't. I can't remember the last time I bought gum. No, same. I, I will like. I will definitely take gum when somebody offers it to me. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember the last time I purchased a pack of gum at the store. Honestly, like I'm with you. I don't remember. I used to. I went through a phase in high school where I bought. I cannot remember the brand, but it was like a really thin, like rectangular shaped layer. Of individual packs of like little square sized chiclet type gum, and you had to push the gum out of oh, the pack. De- dentine. Yeah, I bought that. Those so, were th- that was a big thing when we were in high school. Was yeah, it was in foil. Yes, and yes. like you just whip that out of your pocket and poke yep, a few and out. Poke it out. Yep. And then and then remember the like the plastic cube where yes. the lid would flip open. Oh yeah, and it was what was that, was that gum? Icebreakers gum. I think it was icebreakers. They were like little cubes with the sparkly dust. Yeah, in it. icebreaker gum. I think. Yeah. Yep. Man, my uh, I was thinking of one while we were talking and I forgot it. It's annoying me. I don't remember. Oh yeah, I I always remember going to Pizza Hut with friends in high school. We'd eat pizza buffet, and I loved popping a quarter in the gumball machine on the way out. Get one of them big fat gumballs, and about three minutes down the road, throw it out the window. Flavor was gone. Gumball gums are fa- is famously one of the worst gums. Yeah, it is. It basically turned into like tar in your mouth. Um, God bless the nineties. Double, double bubble in the dugout, always good. Yep, the nineties just said, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna turn gum into money. All right, episode eighty two. That was fun, Burke. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Sitcoms are amazing. I love talking sitcoms with you. I love talking nineties with you. He's freaking walking. I'll, I'll play us out. You go ahead and wrap he's, this he's thing up. He's playing us out. Check us out on Spotify, Apple. Listen to us in all the good places. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, all the social medias. Until next time, that's Burke rocking with some Led Zeppelin. I'm Adam. I'm Burke. Hit him with a hut hut. Hut hut! <laughs> <laughs>
Let's go, baby. 